Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast, a safe place to talk about unsafe things. Here's your host, Jane Zahasky. Hello, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Warriors Arise podcast. I'm so excited you are here with us today. I am your host, Jane Zahasky, and today our friend Miranda Vaught is here joining us. And Susie, Susie Hansen, co-founder of Warriors Arise. How are you doing? Good. How are you today? I am great. Miranda, I am so excited that you're here. You have such a powerful testimony. And I'm always about, like, our testimony is like prophecy into other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so I know there are so many women that just need to hear this from your heart. And so we've prayed that people's hearts will be open to your message and um, to your story. And I just think God's going to do amazing things. We'll continue to do amazing things through you and your story. Mm -hmm. So, so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Yes. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. It's an awesome. honor to be here, yeah. to be able to just honor God in this way and give Him yeah. glory for yes. for everything and just just try to reach some some hearts yeah. for Jesus. And, Absolutely. Um, I love so it. So I'm really, really glad to be here. Thank yes. you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're a new friend to us, but you you and Stephanie go long a long ways back, right? Oh, my goodness. Yes. yes. I love that. Yes. So she did send us some pictures, though, and you have mm-hmm. such a beautiful family. Thank you so yes. much. Thank so you. married, have two little boys, and a sweet baby girl, right? Yes. 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 Oh, I just <laughs> love so, that. So precious. Yeah. So my treasure. Yeah. Love it's, them so much. Oh, <laughs> that is so wonderful. Well, good. So tell us just a little bit about your journey with Jesus, your relationship with Jesus, where it started. I know we have talked a little bit, but I would love the listeners to kind of hear just how your life started. You spent time without Jesus. Uh, and then, yes, unfortunately. Uh, yes. <laughs> and right. then as a young adult, you yes. met him and yes. your life totally changed, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Completely changed. I love that. Um, and that the moment that I really met him and yeah. really had a relationship with him mm-hmm. and, and just felt like I was seen, that I was known by him. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't have any real background growing up Mm -hmm. other than my grandmother would sing Jesus loves me to me a lot. And, you know, we, we talked about Jesus a little bit, but we never went to church Mm -hmm. and my family didn't really walk out anything that is, you know, correlates with what a Christ follower would look like. But I always, I always found myself praying. I was three when my parents divorced Mm -hmm. and I remember becoming very afraid very early on in life. Um, Just afraid that someone was going to come in and take me, or I just had a lot of anxiety when my dad was kind of out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And so I would pray when I would get scared. And so I, and it always made me feel good. Yeah. So I, and then whenever I was, I think nine or 10, my mom took me to a new babysitter and she was a Christian woman and she took me to church. And I remember going to vacation Bible school and there was something about that experience that made an impact on me. Wow. And that church was, a, I think it was a church of Christ. And so there was no music, but there was singing. And yeah. we would memorize scriptures. And that one in particular, which this has kind of been my life verse, because I always remembered it from that point on, was Joshua 1.9. Oh, yes. um, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The Lord is with you wherever you go. And yeah. so I would speak that over myself a lot. Because I would wow. sing it you know, as a little girl. Yeah. And so I was speaking that. 
I just love that. How yeah, you huh. just you just knew to start praying and yes. to speak scripture over yes. yourself. It was it, like in you. It, you know, it, it was. was. I, I love it. Just, it got implanted. That seed just took yeah. root. And regardless of all of the trauma and things that were going on in my childhood, mm-hmm. the fact that I met that woman and yeah. God made that divine appointment and I had that one little bitty seed, yeah. that one seed. And then from that point on, I was only babysat by her for about a, a year. And then no more influence of Jesus, no more church, nothing. I did try to go to a youth. I think I went to a, like a Baptist youth thing and and I didn't know anything about salvation. I didn't know anything about sure. anything. Yeah. And they asked, you know, how many of you have been saved in this room? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, you know? Right. So a bunch of people raised their hands and I was like the only one around me that didn't. Oh. And, and the pastor at the time, and you know, my perception is probably different than what was really going on, but yeah. He basically said, so you realize that if you walk out this door and get hit by a car, you're going to burden hell. Oh, Oh, gosh. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. (laughs) I really was curious and wanting, I mean, I'm here for a reason, you know? And then I was just completely condemned and felt unworthy and didn't understand. And from that point on, I had a really bad taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. for Christianity. Mm -hmm. And that's about the time where I kind of really just went in a really dark direction. Mm -hmm. It was about sixth grade. Middle school is tough for everybody, but I had yeah. really, really bad just self-image issues, mm-hmm. which I think every teenage girl does. Yes. But yes. not having Jesus and yeah. understanding your identity in Christ is just brutal. Yes. Um, and yes. all, all of the things that people say about you or, you know, then my father being gone under, you know, blaming it, you know, did I do something wrong? Why? All these things that, yeah. you know, are, are going on. And so... Lots of promiscuity, lots mm-hmm. of drug use, lots of alcohol abuse, mm-hmm. anything that could make me feel good mm-hmm. yeah. to get me out of my own head. Yeah, I would hide in my closet. My next door neighbor was like, she, we're great friends now, but she was always my light. She was always like, hey, let's go do something. You know, I'm like, I just want to sit in my room. I don't want to be around anyone. Like, I don't want to be seen. Yeah. I wore like... Every like just ba- I covered myself up. Wow. I was just so disgusted with myself. Yeah, and so of course I, I really really yearned for the attention of men yep. from any, mm-hmm. and they were always older than me. Uh huh. And I would just go along. I mean, luckily, I mean I still lost my virginity way too early, but I at least held out. I had an, I always had this, this knowing inside. Mm-hmm. You know, like you really shouldn't do that. You know, it was God yeah. whispering to me. I didn't know at the time. You know, but. I was in a situation where I had a boyfriend that was a lot older than me and he was pressuring me to have sex with him. And I would just somehow or another, I, it would not work out, you know, mm-hmm. but unfortunately one time I went to his house and there was no one else around and it turned into kind of a rape situation. Yeah. It was a, okay, kind of consensual. But then I said, stop. And he was like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of you saying stop. Like mm. we're not going to stop. And so that really impacted me and scarred me. Yeah. And really had me have some big trust issues, but still like not worthy or like still yearning for for someone to just love me for me yes. and not yeah. have it be about sex. But I right. I had learned and been conditioned that that was the only like the yes, one thing that I, I could that. get got, like get their attention. Yes. Right. And so that was always my go to, but I hated it. Yeah, I hated it. But it was just like alcohol or just like drugs or whatever, you're doing it so that you can be filled and ha- and feel worthy or have a way to get outside of your own thoughts yes. you know, and yeah. to just feel. So yeah. lots of dark, dark, bad decisions went through 
a really abusive relationship for five years with a man that I almost actually married. And it was at 19, age 19. It was during one of our breakups that we had. Mm-hmm. I became pregnant. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was terrified. And I had no, really no influence or, or anyone I could really turn to to guide me. And honestly, I feel like even at that time, if I did have someone, I don't know that I would have mm-hmm. necessarily heeded to their instruction or their guidance because sure. I was just so dead set on the thoughts of, you know, like, I can't have a baby. Like, I'm not, yeah. I am not mature enough. I'm not even worthy enough to be a mother. Mm. I will completely mess this child up. Right. Wow. You know, and and on top of the fact that I didn't know who the father was. Mm. And that was almost more humiliating yeah. than just the fact that I was pregnant at 19. Wow. And so there were just all of these things swirling. And then to make matters worse, a good friend of mine had become pregnant like six weeks before that and had an abortion. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to her about it Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, I mean, that helped her, that worked for her, you know, I guess, you know, and I I didn't really think it through too much. I mean, I did, but I didn't. And I did make a phone call to Planned Parenthood, all places. (laughs) That's where you go to whenever you don't know what to do. So your 19-year-old mind, far from God. And they were very much about... You know, you want to, you don't want to wait too long because I'm thinking, okay, if this is really a baby, mm-hmm. maybe I'm going to second guess this because yeah, I don't want right. this to be a child. Like, I don't, I don't want it to be formed because my friend had said, it's just a, you know, it's just a clump of tissue. There's really nothing there yet. Uh-huh. You know, it's nothing and it's just yeah. eyes, you know? Yes. And so I'm still, I'm kind of like seeking, like, help me to process through this. Like, am I making the, am I making the right decision? Yeah. And she assured me, you know, it's. You're probably about 10 weeks along and there's really not, it's not really anything there, you know, but you don't want to wait too long. So kind of pressured me into making a decision. Yeah. You know, you can either take the pill where it happens at, at home on and let nature Mm -hmm. take its course or whatever. And, or you can have the surgery and. You know, of course I went the surgery because I knew someone that had gone that route, which neither are options, but that's at the time what you know i chose to do yeah. and so oh big decisions yeah. at that age and just so mm-hmm. scary yeah absolutely terrifying had to tell my job i was a waitress at the time oh. had to lie to say that i because i it was abrupt it was okay i've got to do this tomorrow or you yeah. know friday yeah whenever they had it scheduled and so they, i had to make up this lie about mm-hmm. how i was getting a cyst removed and mm-hmm. make up this false documentation from a doctor i mean it was just deception lie after lie yeah. to cover up something that's so awful yeah and went through with it and really it was just very numb yeah. very very numb and it was probably three or four months later that i started developing like debilitating panic attacks and i didn't Whoa. know where they were coming from yeah And I went down that road and I went down the road of starting antidepressants, Mm -hmm. which really just numbed and suppressed everything to where I was just steady. And there was no highs, there was no lows. There was the only time that I really even had any kind of reaction to what I had done was when I would be around other children. Like the medicine, the, um, you know, the antidepressant. It could not suppress the natural maternal instincts that you have yeah. around kids. And you know yeah. what you've done. And mm-hmm. you're always wondering, okay, my child would be about this age. And I was with my dad at a Mexican restaurant. And I looked around and 
every table had a child on a high chair that was about a year old and or yeah and i'm just i just burst into tears oh. and i'm just like what did i do you know they would all be and i just felt tormented yeah you know and then it was finally oh maybe this is has something to do with maybe why i'm so depressed mm -hmm. and why i was at that point i was having my alcohol was so bad my abuse that i was getting arrested multiple occasions duis minor conception i was picking fights with people at bars i was i mean my promiscuity was off the charts chart. just yeah. just completely out of control and it wasn't i mean if i could say maybe three months after that encounter with being at the restaurant and seeing those kids i was pregnant again Oh, wow. And this time again, the same story. I didn't know who the dad was. I mean, I had narrowed down to three, but I was just humiliated. Mm -hmm. And I was living in my parents' basement at that time. And there were no windows. And I just remember sitting down there and trying to figure out, like, you know, when my last period was. And, mm -hmm. and just stirring with all of these, like, oh, my gosh, is it's really happening to me again? Like, yeah. what? Wow. And at this point, I was so, you know, the first time was, okay, it's happened once, not gonna happen again, you uh -huh. know? But yeah. this time it's like, I didn't want to tell anybody. Yeah. Because I was so devastated. Mm -hmm. And so I kept, I covered it up. There was one friend that I felt like I could trust and I asked if she would drive me there yeah. and be my ride. And of course the night before she, we had partied and she didn't wake up. So I had to, I drove myself, which you're not supposed to do this. Right. Drove myself there and my reasoning, again, was all the same things. You know, I was in college at that point. And I was like, how am I going to make through college with a baby? Right. You know, how, you know, this baby deserves so much of a better person for a mother. You know, I've got to do this. I've got to hurry up and do this. Just get it done. I've already made this decision. I can, I can mm -hmm. do it again. So I'm driving there. And there's always people outside. Mm. Which, okay. Yeah. To me, in, in my... <laughs> completely far removed from God at this point, mm -hmm. I got angry because I'm like, mm -hmm. they don't understand. They're men. You know, they've never had to make this choice before. There wasn't people out there like there are now, which I love that there's people out there that are praying and that are actually like, yeah. we will help you. These were people yeah. that were just condemning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I get in there. And so that just makes me feel shame. Right. You know? And, and mm -hmm. I get in there and I'm just hanging my head and just, Ball. Oh, I mean, just crying. But I'm, I'm like, yeah. I have no reason to cry. Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm making the choice to do this. This is what I've chosen to do. Why am I going to? Like, who's going to have sympathy for me? Uh -huh. You know, no. I felt completely invisible too. Like oh. nobody. I, I felt like I was alone in there. But in all reality, I know that there were a whole bunch of people in there yeah. that day, and I think we were all just in our own. We were, all, we were all drowning in our own shame yeah. and in our own what we were about to do, whether it was the first time yeah. or the second or third or whatever, and and just felt like nobody saw us and mm -hmm. nobody cared. I mean, my friend, she didn't wake up to, <laughs> to yeah. drive me there, and I'm there yeah. by myself, and I go back, and it's all—it's weird because it's such a post-traumatic type of memory that some of it, a lot of it, I've blocked out mm. and then but then there's pieces of it that are so vivid yeah. mm. the afterwards yeah. and you wake up and you're experiencing the worst pain you've ever experienced mm. emotional um, pain emotional yeah. pain emotional. and and you're just like yeah what did i do yeah you know and 
and then drive, you know, drive myself. Nobody knows that I'm even gone or what's, you know, and, and so, but I have no, like, who am I going to go to, to cry on, you know, because this is the decision I made. And so of course, as you can imagine, the darkness of my path got worse and worse. And I graduated college and right before I graduated, I met my husband who is amazing. He is military. He had just gotten back from a deployment. In fact, I didn't even really ever want to date him. Yeah. Because we ha- he he was my first boyfriend in high school. He wanted to sleep with me. Oh, my God. But I wouldn't allow him. And he was a gentleman. Like, he was like, okay, well, I'm not going to force you. You know, he's like, yeah. well, on to the next, you know. So I was kind of yeah. a little bit bitter about kind of how our relationship <laughs> ended. <laughs> Plus, he had come back from a deployment and I was like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to deal with all that baggage. You know, I've got my own problems. So he did have a lot of problems. His girlfriend, when he came back, had, he had been paying for her school and like paying for her way. And when he came back early to surprise her, she had had another guy there. And so he's coming off of that relationship and very untrusting with women. But he, he knew he, and he'll even tell you, like he knew that I was going to be the one that he married, but he could also see all the brokenness. And he was not, walking with God either. Mm. We were both on the same page with that. But he decided that because his his ex-girlfriend was kind of still trying to talk to him and still all these things. Well, I ended up pregnant (laughs) again, which I wanted, I was, I was honestly so full of joy when I was pregnant because I'm like, oh my God, like Uh I'm actually, I want this baby, you know, like I'm thankful that I, I'm even able to have another baby, Mm -hmm. you know, with the fact that I've had those abortions and and then he told me, well, I'm supportive of the baby, but I, I think I want to go back and be with this other girl. Oh, wow. And I was just devastated. Yeah. And I ended up in complete selfish, for selfish reasons, I had had this joy about how I'm going to have this baby and actually be with a, a man that is a good man. Mm-hmm. And I end up making this decision mm-hmm. and... Because I'm like, well, I've already done it twice. You know, same thing. And I did have one person that actually tried to talk me out of it. And it was his mom, his mom at the time. And I I tell her to this day, I'm thankful that she even tried to, you know, talk to me and encourage me. But I was so just dead set and numb and, and just, I was, I was just dead inside. I really was. I was lifeless. I had no, I I was just hopeless. Mm. And so. He didn't want me, obviously didn't want me to do that, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's my body. I'm doing it. You're taking me. And that experience was the most traumatic Mm. because it was one where I, when I found out I wasn't afraid, Mm. but then I end up defaulting back to what I knew. Yeah. And so with that one, I was so ashamed that I couldn't even go back to the same clinic. I had to get it at one that was so far away from the one, you know, I was embarrassed of the people that worked there. Like, that's just how, that's how much shame was just heaping on me. And so when I went back to this one, I I do distinctly remember them actually doing an ultrasound, but of course they don't let you see it or hear Mm -hmm. it or do any of that. Mm -hmm. And then laying down on the table and just, again, just like, I mean, crying like a river. Like I did not like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? This is, this, you know, that whisper, like, you don't have to do this, you don't right. have to do this. But I didn't, even though it was my choice, I felt like I didn't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. I felt like it was imprisoning me, mm-hmm. that it was literally mm-hmm. the only, the only choice that I had. Because yeah. 
the alternative was all so uncertain. Right. And I didn't have I didn't have the hope of Jesus. I didn't have yeah. the truth. I was not set free. I was just I was completely in bondage of of that particular sin. And mm-hmm. and so after that, I was just, I mean, obviously still severely depressed. Mm-hmm. And I think that I at that point I was twenty three. I was about to graduate from college, like just a few months away from it. And by the grace of God, thankfully, my husband and I got back together yeah. a few months after that. Yeah. And of course, there was a lot of healing that had to come into play. Mm-hmm. And we ended up getting engaged Yeah, and getting married. And well, we had a baby before that. We got pregnant again when I, in 2010, but it was all good. Like we all, we were, yes. we actually, not being Christ followers, we did everything backwards. Yeah. So it was like, hey, yeah. you want to have a baby? Yeah, I want to have a baby. Uh, no, okay, no. let's have a baby and then we'll get married, you know? Uh, yes. Okay, whatever. So silly, but... It was when my husband was deployed that I found myself in a very tender place. Mm -hmm. My heart was tender for God. Yeah. And so our son was three at the time, and I was struggling with him. Oh. He's very strong-willed. Yeah. He, you know, deployment in and of itself is scary because you're worried about your spouse. You're trying to manage all the household things. And I mean, deployment of themselves are hard, mm-hmm. even when you have Christ in your life. Mm-hmm. I've been in both scenarios. But that's when I met Stephanie. Oh, yeah. And it was actually through a, like an MLM type of thing. Oh, sure. Oh, uh, yeah. That, yeah. The way that we met Isn't each that other. funny? It, God can use anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning because I'm that day. multi-level marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because I was, and this just shows you where I was at. I yeah. was completely I was very vain. Uh-huh. I worked out not for the real reason or motivator to be healthy, but to look good. Yeah. And I have and I and I always, you know, wanted to have a tan all this. So I was actually on my way to a tanning salon. Uh-huh. And it was at the beach. There's several different locations. Oh, right. And there was a still small voice. And I didn't know it at the time what it yeah. was. But it was you should go to the one on pin. I know it's not on the way, but there's just something that was really urging me to go to this one. And so I went and there was a young woman there named Tracy Farrington, who I love to this day. She was doing a little sample of this facial and God knows I'm like, oh, my, my beauty stuff. I'm like, oh, what do you have there? It's anti-aging. I love it. I love it. And so she tells me about it. She's like, oh, it's a ground floor. She's got, got me all hyped up about it. And yeah. I use it and I'm like in love with it. And I'm like, where can I get some more of that stuff? Yeah. And she says, well, why don't you meet with me and we'll talk, you know, whatever. And so I end up, and she's a Christian woman, and I just felt we had this great relationship. And she said, well, the leader of our team or whatever, she's a pastor's wife. And I was like, Uh that's really cool. Uh You know, like, that's different for me. And so then we had this conference, and I met her. And the moment I met her, there was something different. And just, I, and she was really, I think, truly the first person that I really understood the the radiance of god mm-hmm. and and jesus just shines through her so magnificent yes, like yes, you you have yes. to be completely blind to miss it and i just we prayed she yeah. prayed a lot and i, I mean the, the holy spirit was just drawing me and my heart yeah. was tender to receive it and you know she kind of asked me to come to church a few times but i felt yeah. mm, i don't really know about that right, right. and then i met some more people that were christian people and i'm like oh my like these people make me feel good. Like yeah. they, they accept me for who I am. They don't, 
they just love me for me. I was starting to have a community of really good people that I'd never had in my life before mm-hmm. that didn't That's... revolve around alcohol or drugs. Right. And yeah. I'm like, uh, so this important. is amazing. Yeah. And my husband's overseas and he's like, who are these people? You know, like yeah. he, he's protective of me. And he's sure. like, who are these new people that you're just all about now? And I'm uh-huh. like, well, this one is a pastor's wife. She loves God. I'm going to start going to church with her. And he's like, Really? You're going to church? (laughs) Right. Okay. And so I went, it was actually just a women's deal. That's kind of what got me in the door. It wasn't a work. It wasn't a church service. It was like Mm -hmm. a, that soul sisters. sisters Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was amazing. And it was, I mean, I didn't even know what happened when we did the altar call. I was just like all in because I mean, God had been preparing my heart through, through Stephanie for, months. Uh And then the timing was perfect. My heart was ready to receive it. And I did receive it. And when I met him right there, like I was changed. I mean, completely changed. I wouldn't say transformed yet at that point because I still had a lot to learn. And I was, Mm -hmm. I was the typical baby Christian on fire without any (laughs) discernment or any wisdom. Like (laughs) I was just I was just in love with God and I yeah. now wanted everyone to know about yes. it, you know? And um, so I did wait until my husband got back home to get baptized and walk through, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously I got plugged into a life group with Stephanie yeah. and just, I mean, she literally has, I mean, I just have such a special place in my heart because God yeah. used her so yeah. hugely yeah. in my life and she's discipled me and grown me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't really been in touch in the last few years, because I, I'm like, she's like, okay, she's released. Like, she's good. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's, yeah. you know, oh. just, I cannot thank God enough for yeah, her yeah. and for Stefan. Uh-huh. Um, because husband, it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, it's, they're just, they're just amazing people. Yeah. And I love that is part of God's design. Like, we all go through things. Stephanie has shared her dark seasons and things that she had to grow through. And yeah. then God can use her. And just like you, like she can lead someone else to Christ. And just like everyone, that's all, that's what we're called to do. That's yes. how God's kingdom works. And just like you now, you help others too. And you shine so bright. Like you're telling us about how dark your, that season was in your twenties. And I just mm-hmm. look at you and I'm like, that is so crazy to even imagine because you just glow and you're bright <laughs> and you carry God's light. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's part of his pattern. That's, that's how he works. Yes. And that's the beautiful, just the, the beautiful part of it. That's what freedom feels like. That's, that's right. what freedom tastes like. Absolutely. And that's how it, it just can carry on and on and on. Mm-hmm. The yeah. joy, the joy of the Lord is something yeah. that you can't ever get from anything in this world. It's just, Right. It's unlike anything. Yes. Until you experience it, it's hard to wrap your brain around. And yeah. even when you do experience it, it just, it overflows. And yeah. It does. It does. And yeah. that is so, so beautiful. Is there one thing that you would like to just to tell someone that may be walking that same path that you were in in your 20s? Is there something you would like to say to them today? Well, I would, I mean, I would definitely say that you are seen. Yeah. That God sees you. Yeah. That you are precious to him, Mm -hmm. that he's known you before Mm -hmm. you were in your mother's womb. He knit you together. Yeah. He has a plan for your life. And there's not anything that you can do. There's not any, any sin or any path or even anything that wasn't your choice. It was Mm -hmm. something that was maybe forced upon you or something that happened to you. 
I mean, none of that separates you from the love of Christ and that it's okay to recognize that you're hurting mm-hmm. and that that you need healing and he is the only way that's right he's mm-hmm. the way the yeah. truth and the life and the truth will set you free and I, and i think yes. too it's so important for you to not just suppress bad trauma and mm-hmm. bad memories mm-hmm. and bad decisions because just because you're you're not actively thinking about it or or actively allowing yourself to think about it, it's still there. Mm-hmm. And it's still a dark place that God wants to bring into the light. And He yeah. wants to shine because His light shines brightest in the dark in the darkness. Yes. He wants you to bring everything to Him. He knows it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not for Him, it's for yourself. Yeah. And so and even for years with with the abortion and the just the stigma and the even after becoming a Christian it's something that you want to hide from yourself. You're like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. You know, mm-hmm. you want to think about that. But and it's not ever that God is going to remind you of it because God, the one thing he does is he forgets your sin. Mm-hmm. He does. He remembers it no more. Mm-hmm. So he's never going to hold it against you. Now, the father of lies will accuse you of it. Yeah. But you are completely cleansed mm-hmm. and you are you're made new. You're not who that person mm-hmm. used to be. Yeah. So. All that to be said, I guess just just know that that God loves you and mm-hmm. that you're not alone. Yeah, that He's always with you. But then there's also a community of people that have walked through very similar things, mm-hmm. and God uses our pain mm-hmm. for purpose. And nothing gets wasted. No tear gets wasted. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And no no amount of trauma will go without Him working it for good yeah you know, what the enemy meant for evil he'll lord, the lord will always turn it around for good so just yeah. put your hope in that and just yes. understand that that god is for you yes all oh, that is so good so so many great reminders and mm-hmm. thank you for speaking that into yeah. so many hearts today and thank you again for sharing and yeah. you know i'm already thinking of some friends that i just want to share this with and you know that is we always like to encourage our listeners share this with a friend And do it out of love. This this is a sensitive subject, but that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about those things that kind of feel unsafe and feel taboo that you're not supposed to mention. But that's what the enemy wants us to believe. And so we're all for let's shed some light on it. And like you said, that's when the light is the brightest is when it's in darkness. So so thank you again, friends. Um, Think about some others that you would like to listen to this message that they need to hear this. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any of our episodes. We have some great things lined up for you this summer, and uh, we don't want you to miss out on any of that. So as always, I would like to remind you at the end here that it's time to rise up, warrior, and step into your freedom. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, this is a safe place to talk about unsafe things.